You're listening to the Denver Real Estate Investing Podcast, brought to you by RICO, your local guide for all things real estate investing in Colorado. What's up, Denver? Chris Lopez here. And today we have a guest in the studio who has been pursuing real estate investing and a real estate career as a side hustle for a number of years, lives here in the Denver area. But about one year ago, almost to today, he left his corporate nine to five job, his very well-paying corporate nine to five job to go pursue his real estate investing and real estate career full time. So I've got Joey Schneider in the studio. Joey, welcome. Yeah, thank you for having me. I really, really do appreciate it. Yeah, this is going to be fun because I mean, a little backstory here, you know, uh, Stacey Rosanska, the Vision Advisors helped you buy your house in Conifer, I think a yes. year and a half ago or yeah, a year it's been ago. a little bit over a year already. We got Yeah, we got connected then and of course helped you buy that place, but really kind of started talking about some of your other goals and what you're doing with your investment portfolio, mm -hmm. uh, buying stuff out of state, getting into syndications, changing your career path. So all exciting things that many other people want to know how to do it. Right. And since we're at the one year anniversary of you leaving your job, great time to dive into things. I know. So rewind things a little bit. Um, when did you get bit by the real estate bug? Honestly, I would have to say back in 2007 timeframe. Um, I was actually in, in Texas at the time and my wife and I uh, wanted to build a house. And so we kind of got into the whole design part of uh, building a house and got into real estate that way. And we thoroughly enjoyed the process of building a home and designing it and seeing it just from this is for your primary. Up. This is for our primary okay. home. Yeah. And uh, that's where I think the both of us fell in love with that process, so to speak. And so we uh, started the whole kind of fix and flip thing, did a few in Texas while we were out there. And um, the, the, you know, that, that just kind of expanded upon like, what if we just kind of did this as a side hustle, maybe did a couple fix and flips, got a, uh, a rental in place, that kind of thing. And that's kind of where it all started was that 2007, 2008 timeframe. Okay. So you, you got the, you've been bit for a while. So, you know, that was what, gosh, about 15 years ago. Yep. Um, what brought you to Denver? When did you come here? So, uh, you mentioned the corporate job, right? I spent 17 years in the pharmaceutical and medical device industry. And, uh, 10 of those years I was, uh, I was a rep. And then seven of those years I held a leadership position where I, I traveled like crazy. And, uh, so that kind of wears on you after a while. And, um, you know, the, we, we just kind of wanted this little side hustle, uh, during that time frame to start building a little bit of passive income. And, um, you know, it, it again, just kind of grew from there. Uh, but that, that corporate lifestyle kind of wore on me. And so over time I wanted to figure out a way to get out of that. Yeah. And so bring us up to there. Cause I know you and Nick Elder, who's been, you know, on the podcast and yep. does a lot of deals himself. You guys got connected. I think it was through the corporate job, right? Was the connection? Yes. So, uh, Nick was living in Pittsburgh at the time. And, um, I, we were, uh, at a company, pharmaceutical company. I was based in, um, Texas at the time. And, uh, to go back to that original question, my, that job is what relocated me from Texas to Colorado. And, uh, I needed to fill a couple spots on my team and our corporate headquarters was in the Pittsburgh area. And, uh, Nick approached me out there, said he's looking for an actual, you know, rep job, that kind of thing. And 
Um, so we talked and obviously had a few interviews and I moved him out to Colorado and, oh. and, uh, the rest is kind of history with that too. We ended up hiking together, became honestly best friends out here in Colorado. And, uh, we both had that kind of passion for real estate and, uh, it was pulling the trigger. That was a little bit hard back then, because as you said, in the corporate world, I'd, we had pretty good paying jobs. So, um, so Nick Elder and I, and my wife, obviously Meredith, uh, we started Trinity Peak Partners and um, wanted to start building some momentum and scaling in real estate that way. So the three of you, your wife, Meredith, <clears throat> Nick and you. Yes. Okay. And when yeah. did you start Trinity Peak? Uh, it's been a couple of years now. Um, so we, we started that uh, to try to jump into more of a multifamily space. Uh, we're both super interested in the multifamily space. Uh, Nick obviously has um, a house hack here in Colorado and he's invested in multifamily as well. And uh, my wife, through our side hustles, Meredith and I um, acquired a rental property in Florida, and we have a duplex out in Texas. And again, we had our fix and flip experience as well. And, um, you know, through some of those, you know, passive income strategies, we, you know, the three of us kind of clicked on what we wanted to do as far as scaling up. And so we created Trinity Peak Partners about, uh, been about two years, time flies, maybe it's two and a half years, I don't know. Okay. So two, two and a half years, what is like the business goal of Trinity Peak Partners? Like what you got three people in there, um, three different skill sets. You got capital in there. Like what was, what is the business plan Trinity Peak, at least when you formed it two and a half years ago? Yeah. So it's a great question. It's, um, it's been an evolution, right? With Trinity Peak Partners. typically are. (laughs) I met very few people said, Hey, here's what I'm doing. And then two years later, doing exactly the same thing. Exactly. So, you know, uh, the great thing about Meredith and Nick and myself is we think big, we, we like to think big, we like to go big and, uh, we consider ourselves all trigger pullers. And so, um, we had the small rental properties. We wanted to go big into multifamily. And um, I think the three of us agreed, hey, let's try to build some momentum. Let's learn along the way. Let's gain some experience and gain some confidence with our investors and those types of things. So the ultimate goal with Trinity Peak Partners, um, great question, was we we have three buckets, basically. Um, we have one bucket where we have you know a lot of investors that may have um, on the lower end of the scale around $25,000 to maybe invest and maybe mm-hmm. they want to get into the game, maybe want to start generating some passive income and those types of things. And so we decided this, this lower bucket would be some fix and flips in a market where, you know, buy-in on some of those properties is around 70,000 to a hundred thousand. So kind of that low cost to entry, so to speak. Um, so we have that bucket. Our middle bucket would be more like a Colorado fix and flip, right? It's uh, it's a little bit more expensive than 70 to a hundred thousand dollars to get in on a, on a Colorado fix and flip. And so you have those investors that might have 75,000 or a hundred thousand that they want to invest and get in on the passive income game. Um, so that's our second bucket with Trinity peak partners. And then our third is that multifamily space. Um, you know, we're making uh, a lot of offers on different properties around the country. Um, and you know, those are for the investors that have the hundred thousand, 200,000, 500,000 that they want to invest into, uh, the multifamily space and start generating income there. So, the ultimate goal is to try to um, attract investors from three t- three different buckets and uh, help those investors make some money and get into the game. Okay. So you started two and a half years ago. You said things have evolved a little bit. I want to really dive in the last couple of years. Sure. And then when you made the transition <laughs> about a year ago to, to leave your job, because this is what so many people want to do out there. You know, they want, hey, they want the real estate investments. 
and they oftentimes want to change their career, right? Either go into you know full time real estate investing or do something in the industry. So, can you kind of talk about some of the the details about how are you able to set this up as a side hustle? Mm-hmm. Um, what it took to run it, and then talking about as you kind of like jumped off the cliff, so to speak, of hey, leaving the leaving the corporate job to go full entrepreneur. Yep. No, great question. I uh, what I don't want is to come out and say it was easy. And so starting that side hustle, especially when you have the nine to five job, and honestly, my role required more hours than nine to five. And so it took Meredith and Nick and, you know, a team of people. And I say a team of people like property managers, investor, other investors and private money lenders and general contractors and those types of things to help with that side hustle. Right. Um, But a lot of my time while it was a side hustle was spent um, you know, the evenings and weekends to kind of get it going. And that was hard. It's, it's not easy to try to get that going. Um, especially when you have a very demanding corporate job. And so I, I decided, my wife decided, um, and Nick that we would, you know, sacrifice our time on the nights and weekends and make it happen and start creating that side hustle um, from the beginning. And it all starts with habits, right? I know you've probably heard it on, on many podcasts. It's, uh, it's creating good habits for yourself. It's that morning routine. What do you do when you wake up? Do you, do you exercise, meditate, pray? Do you do those things? Do you journal? Do you have time to, uh, write down gratitudes and those types of things to put you in that right mindset to be able to sacrifice the time, to be able to sacrifice your weekends and do some of those things to get going. Um, I don't know if that answers your question a little bit about that transition, but no, it, it starts was... to what, what are your, I want to, I, I want to dive into two things. So like talk about your, your morning routine and then next, start there and ask the next question. So what you're, you're a big routine and habits person. I am. Yes. What does your day start off to look like, especially when you're balancing, you know, uh, spouse, corporate job, side hustle. Yep. No, it's a great question. So in order for me to get in the right mindset, it started with that morning routine and what those habits looked like. And so for me, waking up in the morning, it was exercise, just to get your heart pumping, get going, break a little sweat, that kind of thing. Afterwards, I spent a lot of time in meditation, prayer, and then journaling, writing down your ideas, writing down your, your gratitudes. What are you grateful for right now? It gets you in that mindset to where you're not complaining about things and you're not complaining about, uh, I have to sacrifice my, some of these nights. I have to sacrifice uh, some of my Saturdays and Sundays. So if you start with kind of that mindset of I'm grateful for X, Y, Z and I am having opportunities to write down some of my ideas and write down some affirmations and say them out loud, say them to yourself, those kind of things. And so that's where I spent my time in the mornings dedicated to myself. Cause I think through all this, you have to take time for yourself and put yourself in the right mindset in order to make that type of switch. Right? So I'm in my forties, uh, making a, a transition from a very comfortable corporate lifestyle to something where I'm passionate about. It's going to take some, some time because I, I, like you said, I'm leaving a high paying job, but the bigger picture is if real estate investing is much more lucrative than the nine to five that I have. Yep. Um, it gets me more towards that financial freedom, which everyone has a different definition of financial freedom. Um, but I just want to be able to have the time to travel and do the things that I love before it's too late. And so even in your forties or fifties, I think there's opportunity for people that have that passion in real estate 
to buckle down, make some sacrifices and make that change if that's something that they want to do. And it all starts with habits. And during that morning routine, one of the things that I did after the meditation and prayer and those kind of things was read. I'm a big reader. I read, you know, many, many books a year. And um, I think education is important and educating yourself on whether it's mindset, real estate, uh, just self-development, those kind of things is important uh, to enable you to stretch yourself, to get outside of your comfort zone and make those uh, steps to challenge, you know, the way you, the way you operate on a daily basis. And so how long is your morning routine? Um, typically my exercise is around 45 minutes. Uh, and then I spend another 30 minutes or so doing the things like meditation, prayer, journaling. Okay. Um, and I try to read like 10 to 15 pages of a book every single morning. Wow. And so that, uh, when you think about it, it doesn't sound like a lot, but over time you can read 20, 30 books in a year pretty easily. Oh yeah. Um, what and, book you're reading now? Uh, actually crushing it in apartments. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, it's my current book um and i actually just read if you if you're familiar with the 5 a.m club um it was a book that i read you know a couple years that's ago. the name of the book yeah it's called mm. 5 a.m club and uh, that kind of got me more into a more stricter morning routine and so uh the book that i'm reading crushing it in apartments before that one was uh, called the the miracle morning and that's another book to talk about that morning routine and you know, he's got his, his book by Hal Elrod. He's got some really good ways to create a morning routine that doesn't take an hour and a half or two hours. If, if you don't have that type of time, he's got morning routines in there that does a lot of the similar things that I just mentioned in 15, 20 minutes, if that's, you know, something that might fit your lifestyle a little bit better. So Miracle Morning was another good one. No, I, I agree. I think, I think habits, I think good routines are the foundation for a lot of success. And I mean, the Miracle Morning book is one of the books that has been uh, cited and recommended, like I'd say, the most last couple of years. Yeah. So obviously, it's a, it's still on my reading list. Yeah. It, is, it is on there, but like <laughs> I've heard so read. many people say it's it's a great book, and I and I believe, hey, the routines and habits are, are so powerful. Yeah. All right. So my second question here: You're doing the side hustle. You're very busy. You're strict on your routine. How would you structure like your week to week with your time blocking and tasks, especially with partners? Yep. Um, how would you structure things and how do you track things, communicate? Because it's very easy for like to get, get off track or yep. get out, get out of a communication loop with your partner or partners. Right. So it's a, uh, another good, good question. So time blocking is important. So I think in my previous life in the corporate world, I feel like it was so long ago, but it really wasn't even that, that long ago. Um, Time blocking was important. If I didn't time block my day, if I didn't like carve out time to do specific tasks, then they wouldn't get done. Yep. Uh, the day would get away from you. That's why I mentioned earlier, have a plan. You need a plan for every single day. And uh, so I'm a big calendar guy. I'm a big time blocking guy. And so in order to be able to make things happen, get things done, especially when you had the corporate job, I had to time block the evenings. I had to time block the weekends. So there's a little extra in there, right? To make sure that you can create that side hustle and get it going. Um, then when I left the corporate world, time blocking is still just as important. It's just kind of moved into the week. I always say real estate has no hours, um, but it's still important to time block, right? And uh, so we time block for personal, like in-person meetings with Nick. We have brainstorming sessions. You know, we will go out and talk about our next steps and you know, um, what are we, what are we looking for on like the next one or two, three steps in this journey and building momentum, right? Yeah. So 
Nick, Meredith, and I also have a, a text thread that we communicate on a very, very high level every single day. I time block certain hours to talk to potential investors that want to invest with Trinity Peak Partners on different projects. Um, and so communication and scheduling uh, is super important because if you don't have those two things in your morning routine to make sure that you're set up for the day or set up for the week or even set up for the month, like what's your what what are you trying to accomplish? And you work backwards from there, time block it. Who do I need to talk to? Who do I need to meet with? Who do I need to, you know, network with? I'm I'm big on surrounding yourself with people that are already doing what you want to do. Yeah. And they do it well. And so those are also time blocked into my schedule to make sure I meet with those people and have good discussions about things that they did, mistakes that they made, and, you know, try to learn from some of those things. And so, um, to your point, it's, it's important to be able to, um, schedule in all the things that you need to schedule to make this happen and scale and build momentum. Um, and communication is probably one of the number one things that you have to, you know, I, I would agree. Yeah. So shifting into Shifting into when you kind of made the the leap from job to no job, <clears throat> I mean that's a very hard transition. I've been, you know, I'm, you know, we're close in age. I'm, we're both in our 40s now, and I've been in entrepreneurship pretty much my whole life. Yep, I've had my wins, I've had my failures, I've had my black eyes and getting kicked in the teeth, and you know, <laughs> my wins, all that stuff. But I've also seen a lot of other people go through transitions, and I have noticed that. A lot of people stay very productive when they have a 10 to 15 hour a week side hustle, mm -hmm. and then they leave their job and now they have 55 hours a week to devote to their full-time business, but they still get the same amount of things that they were doing in 15 hours. Mm -hmm. And I've just noticed that repeatedly in entrepreneurship and real estate, agents switching over, just it's kind of like a pattern of, of, of humans. Right. I've been there myself, right? Um, so I'm not pointing fingers. I, I've been there myself. Um, how was your transition and how did you avoid, um, staying really productive or how did you stay really productive? Okay. 15 hours a week, you're super productive. Now you're 55 hours a week or whatever mm -hmm. it is. Um, how do you, what 10 X your, your time and performance in there? Uh, so uh, something that Meredith always told me, um, is if, if I put the same amount of time that I put into my corporate job, into my passion of real estate, we could scale very quickly. And it was something that I, that <laughs> yeah. I, that I would always say, I don't, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't know if that's the case, you know, that kind of thing. And so, um, when I did leave the corporate world, you are absolutely right. I felt like I had all the time in the world. Um, I was missing the time blocking from the corporate world. So I, I felt like to your point, I had this space. I'm like, okay, I need to figure out what I need to do to, to try to scale Trinity Peak Partners and also grow. Right. And so, um, networking became a huge, a huge thing for me, for Meredith, for Nick, um, to, to grow. Right. And so I'm, I had an opportunity to meet Lon Welsh and, uh, you know, we, we went skiing together. He's a big skier mm -hmm. and, um, he's a much better skier than I am, by the way. I thought it was great, but I, uh, I, I was wrong. Um, but we had an opportunity to go <laughs> skiing and, um, we had a great time. We had some good conversation. He, uh, you know, I got to, you know, learn a lot of the things that he's done and I learned a lot from him just a two hour time period. Oh yeah. Uh, so I was very, very impressed. And so we, um, you know, grew from there. We, he asked if I would come on and do some project research and those kind of things. And so that was part of my filling that, 
space, but I needed to make sure that that space was educational for me and it would help me grow my experience. And in this instance, it was in the multifamily space, which was my least, you know, it was where I had the least experience uh, in the whole real estate game, investing game. So uh, Lon has taught me a lot through this process and uh, I've, been, I've been able to do some research for them. So I'm, I'm, you know, reaching out to a lot of brokers and developers and operators. And so those were some of the things that I started to fill my time with and it helped me grow um, from a, just a real estate investing perspective. It helped me grow and gain experience and learn from someone that's been doing this for, for a long time. And so that was one of the areas that I definitely helped fill my space with. And uh, two, I just became, I, I felt like I was already a pro at time blocking and scheduling, but I feel like I had to one up that and get even much better because there are times during the day, if you're sitting at home working or on Zoom meetings and you know things like that with investors and different people that you're at home and it's easy to just sit back, relax, maybe take a little breather, that kind of thing. And so you have to be careful. Or get so, sucked into whatever project around the house. That is precisely it. So we're, you know, we did a live-in fix and flip. And so a lot of those projects. <laughs> they're never ending. And they're, they're staring at you, right? We're still doing them, Chris. I mean, it's, um, it's never ending. So yes, there were times where I found myself like, you know what? I do need to, to work on this project. And I kind of want to get it done before Meredith gets home type thing. And, um, you know, so you, you got to be careful. And that's why I said this whole thing wasn't easy. It's a transition. I was on the road a lot. I was in hotels a lot. And now all of a sudden I'm at home, you know, trying to scale a real estate investment business. And uh, yeah, it's not easy, but you got to be disciplined. You got to have routines, good habits and uh, schedule. You, uh, something you said there just triggered a memory for me. Cause as, as I have gone through phases of just shifting my schedule, you know, starting a business or a new project, whatever it is, like I, I, I'm a very much like keep it simple, stupid person. And I, <laughs> and I also have like very direct self talks with myself. Mm -hmm. And what I did for years was it was on the background, of my desktop, I had it in my wallet, like a postcard or a, you know, a, a note card. I had it printed on my wall above my desk. The other place it was just like, am I doing a money-making activity right now? Question mark. And I would stare at that thing. And I used to get so pissed sometimes, but I'd be like, oh, damn it. I'm not, you know, but I'm like, well, you're right. You know, right. like, and, and the, uh, but that was like my binary, like, oh, I should do this. I'm like, wait, is that going to make me money? No. Okay. Stop scrolling on a stupid website. Stop Facebook. Stop emptying the dishwasher. Like go make some damn money. Scrolling on Instagram, oh, yeah. Facebook, yeah, a lot of that stuff. And obviously social media presence is important when growing your business, but you know, when you're scrolling on Instagram, that's that's not helping you help no, you that's grow. Flipping the TV yeah. time. And you know what? I, I ask myself the same question. So it's normally did I am I better from yesterday? Am I doing more today than I was last week? Um, have I done more this month than I did last month? And so you you have to look back and see if you're making those appropriate steps. To, to get to where you want to be. And I think when you want to make that career change into real estate investing, if it's always been either a side hustle or a passion, uh, you're going to have to look at it as more than a side hustle uh, if you do want to make that transition. And you're absolutely right. If you're not one to 2% better every day or every week, 
you're just going to stay stagnant. And some of the things that I would talk to my teams about in the pharmaceutical world was, are you stretching yourself outside of your comfort zone? Um, because I don't, I feel like if you, if you're not, if you're not doing something uncomfortable, then you're not growing. And if you're not growing, you're staying stagnant. And I think there's a lot of things that you can do to stretch yourself. If you're not a book reader, if you're not a runner, or if you're not, uh, you know, a journal type person, well, try it. You never know. Like if you write a few sentences down one day in a journal, yeah. two months, you might have a book. Yeah, I, 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 I love it. And there's like so many good, like, uh, visuals for, you know, outside your comfort zone. Hey, you got to circle your comfort zone. Here's right. your dot outside. But I, I totally agree with you there. And I, I, so one thing, and this is just kind of like general, more for listeners out there, like, yes, I agree. Hey, uh, read this, write that, do this. But I think as people leave their job and they get into like investing or some type of career, you know, usually in those type of opportunities, like you have to bring in revenue. Mm -hmm. And I think the, the biggest thing to stretch people outside their comfort zone, this was like one of my early mentors taught me was like, cool, you're stretching yourself outside your comfort zone there, but do it in sales, do it in marketing, do it in networking, go out there and stretch it because again, this all stuff is nice, but you got to bring a dollar in the door mm -hmm. and the biggest impact you'll have in your business is going out there and talking to people to bring in capital or to bring a deal or to connect something. So you're involved in it. So like, I totally agree. Um, I couldn't you, agree more. If you guys are out there listening and doing all this, like stretch your comfort zone, but stretch to bring in a deal or revenue. Yep. And that was part of stretching. My comfort zone was leaving that salary. Yeah. Leaving... You probably had the velvet handcuffs on you a little yeah. bit, right? <laughs> Well, I mean, no, like, yeah. you're, I mean, you're, 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 if you're in a leadership position in a, in the pharma company, you know, obviously that's a, a, it's a, it's a tough industry. Um, you know, they attract, uh, lots of, you know, uh, just grade A type people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, you work hard, you produce, you're working in big figures. Like you also compensated well. Right. And I've talked to other people and you kind of have the velvet handcuffs on you. Right. Right. Like it, you're comfy. You're making good money. It's a um, lucrative industry. Yeah. It is a lot of work. The, the best salespeople in the industry work hard. Um, and the best leaders in the industry work hard. They travel a lot. Talk about this, because this was something that actually uh, I want to make sure we get into on the podcast. Um, and you're talking about how, as you've expanded to get some different markets that you and Nick and Meredith are focusing on here, is that a big part of your role um, is you're really big on building teams. And I think for real estate investing and just real estate careers, like, um, it's a buzzword, but a lot of people don't really like, know how to do it or do it. like, Hey, you built your team on the partnership level. That is one team, but also in the markets, you, you talk quite a bit, how you built out, you know, your team and your network for just agents, PMs, GCs, whatever else. Um, talk about why that's so important and how you did that. So, uh, again, I said, uh, Trinity peak partners is an evolution, right? So I, I didn't realize how much of a team sport real estate investing was until I got more into it. And you're right. Uh, you have your initial team, Nick Meredith and myself, we work very, very well together. We communicate very, very high, uh, on a very high level. Um, but in order to, to grow and build that momentum and scale, Team also means exactly what you said, GCs, PMs, lenders, other investors. Um, and that's part of your team as well. Even though they're not a part of Trinity Peak Partners, they're a part of our team that helps us uh, acquire some of these properties mm -hmm. in different states. Um, it helps us find deals in Colorado. It helps us find different multifamily 
projects that you know have great returns. If you don't have those teams in place, then it's a little bit difficult to do on your own. And so real estate investing is, is 100% a team sport. So if you're doing it as a side hustle, typically I see a lot of people that are doing it by themselves or them and their spouse um, are doing a quick, you know, a side hustle. They have a rental property here, rental property there. They may have called a few property managers and, you know, got them going type thing. Um, but in order to make it a career change, you need to network with those types of individuals um, and interview and, and build that team so you can acquire properties. You can find off-market deals. You can find good deals. You can get good agents that know how to, um, you know, make a house look great and stage it to sell it and those types of things. You can find all those people if you put in that effort and put in that time. And so part of my role at Trinity Peak Partners is acquisitions and building those teams. Um, you know, we all have our strengths. Meredith is behind the scenes, creating LLCs, doing taxes and logging minutes. And those are also things that people don't. So all ops and admin stuff, right? right. Is she that does, what I'm she does a lot of that stuff behind the scenes. And then, uh, of course, and you need someone that does it. Absolutely. It's usually a very <laughs> underappreciated role, but you need. If Nick and I didn't have Meredith, um, she takes care of so much behind yeah. the scenes. And I got to give her a shout out here today because I know she'll be listening. And uh, this is this is something that I don't want her to take lightly because she does put a lot of yep. work and a lot of effort into those behind the scenes things. And it's not easy. Taxes are not fun, but it is something that you need to do. Um, and then Nick's role with Trinity Peak is, you know, investor relations, and he talks to a lot of investors. He also helps find deals and those types of things. And you know Nick well, and he's uh, mm -hmm. he, he's got a good head on his shoulders. And so we work together well as a team. But absolutely, my role is uh, to try to help build those teams so that we can all use our strength to move forward. But without a team, Chris, like this um, this this career change wouldn't even be possible. So. A question I always like to ask people, um, and I'll kind of ask you a two-layered one, because you started, you know, real estate investing side hustle 15 years ago, mm -hmm. and then you essentially went full-time about a year ago. If you could go back in time and talk to yourself 15 years ago, what advice would you give yourself? And if you go back one year, right before you, say, send in your resignation letter, however you ended your relationship with your work, mm -hmm. what advice would you give yourself? Because I find that so helpful, like, for me to learn and other people out there learn as well. So I have the opportunity to be best friends with, with Nick Elder and he's, uh, let's just say he's younger than me, right? So he's, uh, he's had the opportunity to get started earlier. So if I, to answer your question, went back 15 years, um, knowing that I had the passion in whether it's fix and flips or just real estate investing period, knowing that I had that passion, which I did, um, why didn't I pull the trigger then? So if I were to give myself advice or anyone else listening to this today is if you know that that passion's there, then start working towards it. If, if you're, if you're not, if you feel like you'd be happier chasing your real estate investment journey, then don't wait. And I waited 15 years, 14 years to kind of make that, that change so to speak. So and, how did more specifically, would you set like more of a milestone or goal or I agree with what you're saying, but how would you execute on that or do the right habits so you could transit or is that more just, Hey, mindset and belief in yourself. And I, 
I think it's actually surrounding yourself with people that are already doing what you want to do. Mm. So for our younger listeners uh, that are listening today, um, I would say educate yourself on habits, mindset, uh, different routines to get yourself in the right you know, space, headspace to, to be able to chase the dream. And two is, is don't wait, you know, chase something that you, you, you're passionate about and that you're happy about. And there are a lot of people that I know that have that same passion and never pulled the trigger or never got in the right habit or headspace or, or mindset to, to make it happen. So my advice 15 years ago to myself would be educate yourself, read, network, surround yourself with people that are doing the passion, um, that you're, you're craving, if that makes sense. Yep. Um, that answer your question with like the 15 years ago, but no, that, I, I that think, answered it, I think. And I, I have to bring Nick into it because he kind of drove me at this age in my forties to make that change because I watched him as a 20 something year old start his first house hack and then buy another property and then invest into an apartment complex. You know, I watched someone do it in their twenties. He's going to be in a much different spot when he's in his mid forties Yep. than I am in my mid forties. And so my advice would be, don't wait. Sometimes you have to take a leap. And if you have some knowledge, I say, take a leap of faith and take a leap with the knowledge as well. I um, love it. All right. One year ago advice. One year ago advice. Younger, <laughs> uh, not as wise Joey. Oh gosh. That's a tough question. Um, one year ago advice was, I would say it's going to be harder than you think. And (laughs) it's, uh, it's, uh, it's stressful. Um, I thought I had a stressful job and I, I just, I want to make it clear that when you, you chase your dream, it doesn't mean it's going to be (laughs) stress-free. No, a lot of times more stressful. I would put your, I would put myself in a better mindset to say, this is not gonna be easy. Like you said, I have to go out and make a dollar, but I also want to make my investor, my investors a dollar as well. And so it's hard work. And so to cut off that paycheck from the corporate world, make sure you get yourself into a mindset of like, oh, instead of I'm done with the corporate world, this is going to be, it's going to be so much fun. It's going to be easy. It's not the case. You got to still put in the work. You got to still put in the effort. Your habits really got to be on point and on cue so that you can succeed and, and, and the hard work is, uh, well worth it, especially if it's a passion that you have. And for me, it's, it's real estate investing and for Meredith and Nick as well. Cool. All right. So <clears throat> what's the next couple of years? Uh, what is in store for the next couple of years, Joey? What's the current game plan? Honestly, it's to scale Trinity peak partners and to make our investors, um, you know, grow their passive income yeah. portfolios, you know, and it's, uh, I'm a, I'm a person that likes to give back. I'm a person that likes to help people as much as possible. I think that's why I love my leadership position so much in my previous, you know, corporate world is that, uh, I like to, to help people grow. I like to, to just help people succeed and, you know, grow to where they didn't think they could grow to. And it's no different here. You have investors that really want to get into the game. They want to have some passive income. They also want to try to leave the corporate world at some point and go into real estate investing full-time. And I want to help them do that. Trinity Peak Partners wants to help them do that. And so scaling Trinity Peak Partners is is super important. And so those three buckets I want to become pros at. And it started with that smaller bucket. Yeah. And, you know, perfecting all three of those buckets and helping our investors grow is our ultimate goal over the next couple of years. 
I love it. Well, I appreciate you coming on here to share your story. Yeah, absolutely. Driving down from the Confer Mountain, uh, but also just kind of like sharing, you know, you know, the good, the bad, the ugly, mm-hmm. and really highlighting kind of like your story because I think it's you know powerful. Um, a lot of people want to be able to mimic and mirror what you have done. Uh, so what is a great way for people to reach out to you just for networking, learn from you, talk about deals, whatever it is, what's your preferred contact method? Yeah. So first and foremost, thank you for having me. I appreciate, uh, you know, being able to have the opportunity to share my story because I think anyone can do it. And if I can do it, seriously, anyone can do it. Um, and people can reach out to me anytime. I'm, I'm very active on LinkedIn, Joey Schneider on LinkedIn. Uh, we have a Trinity Peak Partners page on LinkedIn as well. Uh, our website, trinitypeakpartners.com. You can check out some of our uh, multifamily education there. Um, and then we also have our our Trinity Peak Partner Facebook page and Instagram page and those kind of things. So they're they're free to reach out there. I have a Calendly link. They can schedule some time to have a conversation if they're Perfect. they're interested in that. So that is uh, that is also on my LinkedIn page. They can get that that calendar link there. So, so. we'll make sure all those links are in the show notes. Sure. Uh, but guys, when I reach out to Joey. Find him on LinkedIn. I'm here. DM him and go find the Cali link, right? Is that yeah, the... Cool. Absolutely. Joey, thank you so much, man. Appreciate coming on here. What we'll to have it back in another year or two as you progress, as you pivot a little bit in the market, because that is the name of the game. Yep. Pivot, growth, evolve. Um, so thank you. Good luck with everything. And then we'll have you back on the future, keeping us updates and talk about the journey. I would love to. Thanks for having me again. And uh, I'd love to share my story and and see where I'm at a year from now because momentum is huge and we've uh, we've already started. So, awesome. Uh, yeah. Love it, man. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah. Listener reviews out there. If you guys have any questions, reach out to me, reach out to Joey. We all, all love talking deals, but follow Joey's advice out there. Go out there and start networking and go out there and push yourself outside your comfort zone. And we all have different comfort zones out there as to like where we are currently in in life and business. So uh, 20 years ago, my comfort zone is a much smaller circle. It has expanded a lot over the last 20 years out of necessity and just growth. So don't compare yourself to me or Joey, uh, but I think a great action item is to network and really focus on that comfort zone uh, analogy that Joey shared. And my action item would be say, go out there and do something next week or yeah, next week or so and push yourself outside the comfort zone. Uh, and ideally something that's going to help you reach towards your goals, uh, make a career change, make that first or next investment, whatever it is, make it a meaningful activity outside your comfort zone. And the more it gives you butterflies in your stomach, usually the better stretch it is. Um, and that really helps you push your boundaries. Joey, thank you. Listeners out there, thank you guys. Love sitting down with you, Joey. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. Thanks, Chris.